1: Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. It's National Nothing to Fear Day, Tony. Do you fear anything?
2: The Tony Kornheiser, snakes, spiders, getting in touch with my feelings. I fear everything. You know me yeah. a long time. Yeah. Nothing to fear day does not work for me on any level. No. It just doesn't. No.
1: I was gonna say, is there nothing you don't fear? That's what I was gonna Hardly
2: ask. anything I don't fear. Hardly Man. anything. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Oilers advance, Jimmy Johnson tackles the Indy 500, and Brian Windhorse joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with the Golden State Warriors eliminating Dallas last night. It was the Warriors' ninth straight home playoff win in these playoffs, and it sends them back to the NBA Finals for the first time in three years and the sixth time in the last eight years. Wilbon, what sort of an accomplishment is this, given all the challenges of
1: their last few seasons? Well, you answered it right there, Tony, given all the challenges of their last few seasons. I mean, look, they they could have been derailed. With the injuries they had, particularly to Klay Thompson, and sort of the rearranged, the defection of Kevin Durant, I mean, all these things, you know, Andre Iguodala's back there now, but he was gone, you know, for like a minute and a half to Memphis, even though I don't think he suited up there. I don't know if he did. And then Miami, I mean, they they lost the, the core, the sum of the core of that team, but Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green stayed, and they filled in with nice pieces when you look at Andrew Wiggins, particularly a guy who was a number one draft pick once upon a time. And they just did a, to me, that staff did a great job with personnel and development, both of those things. And those three stars, Tony, they didn't take any of this for granted. They knew they had been great. In 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, they wanted to get back there. And they worked toward it. They didn't just give excuses about what they weren't going to do, even though they lost so many pieces. It's an extraordinary accomplishment to me.
2: Yeah, um, the core three players that you're talking about, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, along with the coach Steve Kerr, have as great a history of accomplishments in the league as any team in the last 25 to 30 years. Right. Yes, it's true they won two titles with Kevin Durant. But they won one before Kevin Durant got there. And if they win this one, they're going to win one after he's gone while he's sitting in Brooklyn contemplating Kyrie Irving. You know, and their injuries were terrible. You think Jimmy Butler is hurt? Okay, Draymond Green missed 31 games. Steph Curry missed 69 games. Klay Thompson missed two seasons. He missed 135 yeah. games. You, Mike, you can't have the Splash Brothers... If one of them or both of them isn't on the court, because then you got the Jonas brothers. You don't have the Splash <laughs> brothers anymore. Um, I will say this one thing though about Golden State, and I really like them, and everybody likes them. They play with joy, and they play selflessly. They do. But their road, their road to the finals this year wasn't all that hard, Mike. Denver was missing two of its three best players, right? Memphis doesn't really belong in this conversation yet, and Morant missed at least a couple of games, and Dallas really isn't ready to win. And, and if Phoenix hadn't gagged like that in Game 7, I will tell you this, a Phoenix-Golden State series would've might have produced a different outcome.
1: It might have, Tone, and it would have been interesting to watch. But let me just cap this. We, you mentioned the joy they play with. They play with that joy, and they spread it. It's infectious. It's infectious. It's contagious. You get joy, I know I do, from watching the Warriors play and watching them have post-game and watching them pre-game. It's just good. We talk about what's good for the league, good for the NBA, that the Golden State Warriors are back in the NBA Finals. Let's move to the Stanley Cup playoffs, where Connor McDavid scored on a wrist shot from the slot in overtime to dramatically eliminate the Flames in Calgary last night. McDavid now has 26 points in 12 games this postseason. Tone has McDavid, given all this, validated his greatness with this playoff run.
2: So he's a great player. Everybody knows he's a great player. He's been in the league six years. Four times he led the league in points scored. Twice he came in second. As you say, he's got 26 points in 12 games. That's a historic run. That's Gretzky-like. But has he validated his greatness with this? No. No, 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 no. This is hockey. You don't validate your greatness without winning the cup. It's as simple as that. Mike, I made a list of the greatest players, a short list, the greatest players in hockey history. Gretzky, Howe, Richard, Orr, Hull, Lemieux, Crosby. I don't know if I'm leaving anybody out. What do they have in common? They won, they won. the Stanley Cup. They won. Conor McDavid right now isn't even in the final. He's in the conference final. So, okay, he got further than your boy Joel Embiid. So what? you got to win the cup in hockey. You have to.
1: Yeah, you don't, you don't validate your greatness in the second round. It's great, Tony. <laughs> I, I was up. Yeah. I was up real time, East Coast watching this, and screaming out loud in my hotel room when he scored that goal and his reaction. Because he's, you know, a pretty calm dude. He's not given to a lot of, you know, dramatic gesticulation. But he was so excited. And Tone, this does. We we can look back once he does validate that greatness, and we can talk That's about right. this goal he scored to eliminate Calgary in Calgary and a rivalry situation and just break their hearts last night. It was so dramatic. I mean it, that that came flying through the TV screen for those of us thousands of miles away. But like you said, particularly in the NHL where people the greatest players win multiples, right? Did you yes, mention I, do. I don't think you mentioned yes, Stevie Y and Fedorov. These guys win multiples, man, and going back to to Howe and Esposito and the history of the NHL is about winning more than once. And so he's got to start there, and we're not even, he's only halfway there. He's got to win a conference finals and the final to win that cup. So he's got a long way to go. His greatness is spectacular to watch. It's great to watch. you got to
2: do it. Like, the greatest hockey player ever who didn't win is probably Marcel Dion, but you're not on the top rung in hockey no. or in basketball. No. You're not on the top rung unless you win it. We move now to something we rarely talk about, and that is auto racing. The great NASCAR driver, Jimmy Johnson, intends to race in the Indianapolis 500 on Sunday. Johnson has only raced in an Indy car around an oval once in his life. He's won 83 NASCAR races, but this is a different type of racing open wheel. Wilbon, how big a deal
1: would it be if Johnson wins the Indy 500? Huge. In the context of that industry, Tony, I mean, you got Mario Andretti and A.J. Foyt are the only people who have done this. And Jimmy Johnson, who dominated, okay, He's looking to do this. He finished, what, sixth in his only IndyCar race on Oval? And when I say do this, I mean win Daytona and Indy. I mean, Jimmy Johnson is already royalty. He doesn't have to cross over and do this, but it's cool that he wants to try. He's not afraid of the possibility of not doing it, therefore being afraid of the possibility of failure. I don't know that I would want to call it failure because Jimmy Johnson succeeded in too great a way to call anything associated with him a failure. But I think it's great that he's out there doing this, Tony, and if he wins, it's a huge deal to me.
2: I did, totally agreed. It's an enormous deal if he were to win. I think it might obviously cause a little bit of resentment uh, among the IndyCar drivers. They might say, who's this guy coming from a stock car with our sophisticated machinery here beating us at this game? I think that they might not like it. Does he have the skill set? Of course he has the skill set. He's a great driver, but Mike, they go a lot faster in indie cars. And it's a different, you know, that, like they say in stock cars all the time, rubbing is racing. You can't do that in indie cars. You're not bumping into people. He's 46 no. years old. I wonder about his reflexes. I, yeah. I get a little bit afraid moving into this new category. I'm not the only one. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has expressed a little bit of trepidation on this thing. I hope he wins. I, I'll tell people it's a personal thing. I don't know if the, I think this happened to you as well. I sat in a car with Jimmy Johnson at the Richmond Motor Speedway a few years ago. We're the only car in on a track. He's driving. We're going about 120, 130. He's turning <laughs> to me. He's looking at me in the passenger seat. He's, he's got the wheel between his knees. He's steering that way. I said, Jimmy, I know you're great. Do you mind looking he's at the irresistible. road? irresistible. I mean, it was, it was great <laughs> yeah. fun. It
1: was. Let's take a break. You know, you and I Coming are in up. The tank for him. Irresistible driver, irresistible competitor. 100%.
2: Him hit. and Jeff Gordon like in the tank. What can we expect out of Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero tonight as the Heat tries to force a Game 7? We're going to ask Brian
1: Windhorst. We'll also ask him what the Pelicans plan for Zion, that there's a name, now that he has been cleared with no restrictions. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson. That, that I hope he wins it. Know, I do, too. I hope he wins it. He's starting in the 12th spot.
0: Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Game six of the Eastern
2: Conference Finals is in Boston tonight, which is where we find our great friend Brian Windhorse. And Brian, we're going to start with this. What are you hearing about the current health of Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero?
3: Jimmy has been getting virtually every treatment you could imagine on this knee over the last four or five days to get him in a position where he can be more effective. And so far, it just hasn't borne fruit. When he had this same issue, which I am told is an inflammation in his IT band, you can Google that if you want, but it's obviously lim- limiting him. When he had this issue in the first round, he took a week off. There was one game over the course of five days, he skipped it. And even when he came back from that week off, he still had his worst game of the playoffs. So this is not an issue that is supposed to resolve itself in the, in a day and a half between games. And so he's battling the Celtics completely disregarded him in the second half of Game 5. They basically backed off of him and said, we know you can't do anything, good luck. So I'm sure we'll take a look at him in the first few minutes of tonight's game and see how that goes. As for Tyler Hero, he is trying to convince Eric Spoelstra and the trainers to let him play on that bad groin. It didn't sound like Eric Spolstra was going to let him do it this morning. I guess he'll have today to get treatment to, 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 to see if he can you know, change their mind right before the game. But even if he can play... It sounds like he's going to be severely limited. This is an injury that typically would be a multi-week injury if it was the regular season. And guys, they miss him so bad. He is, you know, I know he's not good defensively, but he averaged 21 points a game off the bench for them. These last two games without him, they have barely cracked 80 points. They just don't have their offensive firepower. So, I guess anything is possible with, you know, modern medicine to make these guys get through this game, but my hopes for their those guys to have major impacts tonight are pretty low.
1: Yeah, we didn't even get to Kyle Lowry and whatever recovery he's still dealing with from his hamstring brian what did you read into joel Embiid tweeting that the heat need another star because you know what got tony all the twitter even though he didn't he didn't have twitter but it but joel's yeah. tweet got tony all the twitter so what are you reading yeah. into that if anything
3: yep 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 yep, yep. well <laughs> let me let me clue Tony into something on Twitter. His username on Twitter, Tony, is Troel troll Embiid, which means ah, he's ah, going to ah. troll you, which is exactly what he was doing there. He was trolling. So, look, I, I don't know what Joel Embiid's mindset is going to be one year from now or three years from now, but... Joel is committed to the Philadelphia 76ers. He's got a huge long contract. I think he'd like them to improve what they've got right now. And, hey, listen, he talks with his friends while he's watching NBA playoff games. His friends just happened to be his Twitter account that night.
1: Brian, I'm going to admit, as much as I love Steve, Steve Nash and Kevin Durant, there's a certain joy I'm getting from all the drama in Brooklyn, you know, a month after they got their butts swept out of the playoffs – What's your sense of whether those guys are actually going to be together
3: next season? I think there's a good chance of them being together next season, but I really question whether the Nets are going to extend Kyrie Irving's contract. Now, when it comes to his future, he's under control. He has a player option, which he can pick up. Uh, I think it's in the mid mid $40 million range uh, and, and play next season out. I question whether the Nets are going to, you know, just hand him an extension. Uh, I think from what I have been told and from what I'm seeing, the Nets are trying to reset the power dynamic uh, and try to, try to take some back from Kyrie, who clearly feels like he can do and say whatever he wants. Now, you could argue that that horse is out of the barn and down the street, and I wouldn't necessarily, you know, go against you on that. And that's what the issue is going to be with Kyrie. The question is, if indeed the Nets are not willing to give him a long-term contract, what does Kyrie do with that? Does he say, okay, I'll pick up my player option and we're going to have a better year next year than we did this year? Does he say, okay, I'll, I'll get vaccinated so I can play and there's no issues? I don't think that's going to happen, but I have to present that as an option. Or is he going to say, hey, if you don't want to extend me, then I can just opt out and become a free agent and I can look for another team? You know, I, again, I don't think that's likely. I think what's most likely is he picks up that option. But I, I do not think this concept of uh, that at one time, even one year ago, when Kevin Durant extended his contract, he signed a $200 million extension, you know, mid- last summer. The concept at that time was that Harden was going to extend and Kyrie was going to extend. This was going to be a long term partnership. Obviously, the Harden part broke off. And at this point, I can't see that it, I can definitely say that Kyrie Irving is going to be a long time next.
2: We'll get you out of here on this. We'll get away from playoff teams. We'll go to Zion Williamson. He has been cleared to play with no restrictions. He apparently has said he'd be happy to sign an extension in New Orleans, which I got to say surprised me a little bit. I didn't know he was leaning that way. What is Zion's status right now, Brian, with the New Orleans Pelicans?
3: Well, if I said, Tony, do you want steak for dinner? And you said, absolutely, I'll happily take it. And then I put down, you know, a burnt disc in front of you. Would you still happily take it? That's the thing. No. Zion said that he was going to extend his contract. He didn't say what he was willing to extend for. This is not here. Here's five years, uh, totally guaranteed money. And from what I understand... This is an ownership call. The, owners, the ownership of the Pelicans is not willing to give Zion Williamson a fully guaranteed deal. And it comes from the fact that those folks also own the New Orleans Saints. And they are, they get worried about football players who have a bunch of injuries, and they are going to be worried about a basketball player who's barely played in his first three, three years. So the question is this. Is there a contract that they can come to where Zion gets enough guaranteed money to protect himself and the team puts themselves in a position where if he continues to have injury issues, they're not stuck in a deal that they can't get out of for five years? If that's a yes, if they can come to terms on that, like Joel Embiid and the 76ers did when he had injury problems early in his career, he got a max deal, but it was only guaranteed for, for, for about three of those years. If they can do that, then I think everything will be fine and we can focus on basketball going into the fall. If they can't, if Zion is unwilling to to come to that type of deal, we could start the season off and not even be talking about Zion's health, talking about his contract situation. So just because he said those nice words doesn't mean that this is going to be an open and shut deal. We're going to watch that.
2: Fantastic! You can trade Zion Owners Williamson putting for on Kyrie breaks. Irving. Ownership. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Appreciate it, Brian. See you Thanks soon. Guys. See you in a
1: couple of hours.
2: Have a great weekend. Let's take one last break. Still to come: Will the Blues push the Avalanche
1: to a Game Seven tonight? And will Liverpool or Real Madrid take tomorrow's Champions League final?
3: I know you'll be watching you watch Tone. that stuff.
1: Well, no, I will you watch, watch that, that
3: stuff.
2: Happy time, people. Happy 54th birthdays. Frank Thomas and Jeff Bagwell, the two Hall of Famers, were born on the exact same day, and later they would win MVP awards in the exact same year, 1994. Thomas spent most of his career with the White Sox. Bagwell spent all of his Major League career with Houston when the Astros were still in the National League. Thomas, who's now doing somewhat cheesy virility commercials, had 521 (laughs) home runs, 1,704 RBI, and a career batting average of 301. Bagwell, who was part of Houston's Killer Bees with Craig Biggio, Derek Bell, and Lance Berkman, had 449 home runs, 1529 RBI, and a career batting average of 297.
1: You mean you don't like Frank looking into the camera, winking and saying, she'll <laughs> like it too? You know, that, that uh, doesn't work it for you, Tone? Frank Thomas, I'm wondering, I guess he's the greatest player in White Sox history. I guess he is. Probably. Probably is. Pick Frank. Happy anniversary, Dennis Johnson.
2: This is posthumous, but around this day, 44 years ago, in game three of the NBA Finals, Johnson set a playoff single-game high for block shots by a guard with seven. Johnson was then on Seattle, and he was playing against Washington. The Bullets won that year, but the next year, the Sonics won, and Johnson was named Finals MVP. Johnson went over to Boston, won two more championships in 1984 and 1986, starting alongside Danny Ainge, Larry Bird, Kevin McKeel, and Robert Parrish, one of the great starting
1: fives of all time. Fabulous defender, Johnson is in the Hall of Fame. And Larry Bird says the greatest teammate he ever had. Tony, I sit in Boston Garden like tonight, and I look up at the banner with the retired jerseys, and Dennis Johnson is up there. And still, Tony, Dennis Johnson is underrated, understated. There is no one in today's basketball who could play defense like Dennis Johnson in the backcourt. Maybe there are a couple forwards and centers who are rim protectors, but on the ball, on the ball, Dennis Johnson forever and ever.
2: Happy trails to last night's game for Cleveland. Miguel Cabrera had a two-RBI, three-hit game last night, the third of which was a walk-off single as the Tigers beat Cleveland 4-3. Watch Miggy do a Conor McGregor strut as he waits for his teammates to come onto the field and congratulate him on his 14th career walk-off. At 39, Cabrera is now batting 300 this season, three home runs, 18 RBI. The walk-off was career hit number 3,029 for Cabrera, who stands 28th
1: all-time in hits. I think that mass media in America has done a disservice to Miggy Cabrera. Because the times when I hear him, he is smart and funny, and he's particularly funny. And maybe it's the accent, and people stay away from that. They think, oh, people might have trouble listening. Put Miggy Cabrera on more. I want to hear him, accent or not. Funny and smart.
2: Big finish. Here we go. Trevor Story of the Red Sox has seven homers and 21 RBI over his last seven games. That's
1: impressive. Well, he's leading that team, too. They've won seven of eight, including beating the White Sox two out of three. Both Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal advance to the fourth round of the French. You impressed with that?
2: Neither has lost a set. They're on pace to meet in the quarters. The quarters, not the semis or the finals. I'd like to see that. Champions League final tomorrow,
1: Liverpool versus Real Madrid. I know you care about this. Who so you got? Liverpool's a big deal here in Boston where the Red Sox ownership also has ownership there. I don't know. Liverpool could get over just losing, uh, not winning the Premier League if they win this. I got Liverpool. Justin Verlander goes for his league-leading seventh win of the season tonight. Do you like his chances?
2: Yeah, it's facing the Mariners. They've lost 8 out of 10. Last one, Avalanche and Blues, Game 6 tonight. Will St. Louis force a Game 7? I'd like to see that, but the Avalanche are going to close
1: this series out tonight on the road, Tony.
2: We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. Bill Drozdiak, shout out.
1: I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, knuckleheads. Check out NBA Countdown at 7.30 Eastern. And now, here's SportsCenter. Wake up early in the morning, Tony. Un-